Welcome to uh, the Hoffcast. My guest uh, this week is very funny comedian Adam Newman. I'm pro-choice, and if you don't like it, just stop <laughs> listening right now. We're uh, sitting outside of, uh, well, we're in between CBS Studios and Pan Pacific Park. We just had a comedy rec league basketball game where we uh, lost. We crapped the bed. That was and, it. And, uh, you know, let's not, we're not being mean by saying it was the... I will just say it was the it was the team we should have beaten the most easily. They're apparently the second worst team in the league. It's really uh, it it hurts more than it should because we're not professional basketball players. We are comedians who are just trying to get some exercise, which not all comedians do. And we're right. we're we're just trying to run and have a good time and wear shorts together. And uh, I'm way too upset about losing that game. We've lost a lot of games that I'm like, whatever. I don't get that. <laughs> this game particularly. Um, first game of the season, the team we should have beaten. We beat them easily last year. Most I'm losses. I'm mad stick at myself for this how I played. This one hurts because it's the first game of the season, and we felt we were up, we were up a couple points at halftime. At one point, we were up twelve points. Yes, and I should team. also say we are sponsored by a chicken wing company and most uh, a restaurant, and most games we go get chicken wings after. And Shout today, out to Love Baked Wings. Yeah, and today was the late game, and so they're not you know, but we don't even get to go get wings after our tough loss. So <laughs> just it's just it's it's ugly. It's bad all around. It's salt in the wound. We yeah. could have had delicious wings with a victory. Instead, the taste of no wing and loss. I guess we could just go get some shitty late night wings somewhere else, but it's not the same. Dude, I used to have a place that I would go. It was open to like one thirty every night, and I would like hang out at the comedy store, hate myself for three straight hours, not getting on stage, yeah. and I would just call in. 15 minutes before I knew I was going to leave, I would call Hoagies and Wings on oh, La Cienega, nice. and they would have it ready for me. That's and a I'd great move. That's an adult move is calling like ahead. Here's so the, you show up, and they're there, or you order delivery before you get home, and it basically meets you there. That's, a, that's an Here's the move. supreme adult move, though. I'd or get them. Move. This was before kids. I'd get them. And I'd go home. Sarah would be asleep in bed. I would eat them in bed watching television. And she would wake up to me just eating wings in bed. That's honestly, I think, probably more embarrassing than her waking (laughs) up to you jacking off. Well, of course. No, 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 no. That would be horrible. Why Why would you ever do that with somebody in bed with you? They're sleeping. What what movie was it? There was a movie where the guy Uh, Kevin Spacey was doing it. American Beauty. Okay, yeah. But they had a horrible marriage. Oh, right. Mine's not that bad yet. You got three kids. It doesn't have to be a horrible marriage. Someone can just be tired. Also, a kid could just be like in my face and I wouldn't know it. Sometimes <laughs> sure. I wake up and they're just standing there like a creep. Do you you probably have a kid in your bed sometimes and you don't even realize it? Most nights yeah. there I will wake up and there is one there. Sure. And if they haven't peed the bed, then that's a good night. Because my wife would bring the baby in, regardless of which baby, she'd bring it in. Because she'd wake up with it, and eventually she'd be like, you know what, I'm not going to the crib again. I'm just going to put it in bed with us. And then I'd roll over, and I would strike a baby. Because, like, an arm would flail over, yeah. and I'd be like, oh, that was not pillow. That's like one of those things where it's like, at some point you have a kid who's like, Dad, did you ever drop me as a kid? You're like, no, but I rolled over, and I you got a pretty hard elbow. <laughs> like you definitely got you for a- about a minute and a half. <laughs> yeah. You were blue. You weren't breathing. But it's all right. Yeah. Hey, hey I'm looking over here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm right here, buddy. Okay. Well, Adam, you just came back from, uh, you were in D.C. I was in D.C. this Tell morning. Tell people what you were doing. 
you know, this is reverse plugging. This is uh, this is plugging after <laughs> I, the fact. I'm not talking about any f- of your future gigs. You guys should have checked me out. We're selling zero tickets on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I want to know where you've been. Check me out. I'll be performing last week at the DC Comedy Loft. Yeah. A new comedy club. Did I, you do anything? Because you and I did Calgary together last year, and yeah. we did a little sightseeing. Did you get to do anything? You know, I... Uh, I I've been to DC so many times that I wasn't planning on sightseeing, but it was just such a nice day that I, I started walking around and I went to you know the mall where you see the Washington <laughs> Monument. I know it's called the mall. It's still weird to me, but it's uh I saw the Washington Monument and then I walked over to the Lincoln Memorial and saw all that stuff. And then it happens to be big touristy week this week in uh, DC. It's Why? cherry blossom. Oh, season. so things are getting warm. So there are a bunch of like flowery stuff. I walked by, I didn't know it was a thing, and I walked by it and I was like, it looks very nice. I took some pictures. A lot of people were gramming, and um, I did that, and then I had some nice, I did some nice shows. Well, I don't know. When you go on the road and uh, do like a weekend at a club, um, do you ever do that? Like, DC is a really good city for this. The local comedians have a lot of really cool indie shows. So, like, I would do my two shows at 8 and 10.30, and then they'd bring me over to some, like, crazy fun midnight show at some cool bar, and then, like, the next morning I did some, like, 1 p.m. brunch show. See, here's the like, thing I did with t- that. I did, like, so many extra shows, and it was and hung out with the local comedians. It was really fun. Uh, see, and I hear people talking about that, and I've been invited to do those shows before, but I feel like when I'm headlining a club in a town, it's, it's against my interest to do that. I, I feel like really? if the club finds out oh. that you're out there panhandling See, on I'll these turdly it. shows. I guess DC is big enough that they're like, who cares? Well, last time I was in DC, I did the Draft House, which uh, was just another great club to headline at, uh, a headliner club. But then it was actually the booker, I think maybe owner and booker of that club was actually the guy that ran the other indie show at night. So he was like, I mean, it was after, really? they, they don't advertise you. That, that's, yeah, that's, the, that's, difference. that's, that's the difference. I guess nobody, the difference. Nobody advertises you. You go in and they're like, "Do you want to go do this tomorrow morning?" And then you're like a special guest drop in or whatever. Right, and it's right. really it's really fun. So, but I guess if a crowd gets used to being like, "Well, then the guy from over there is going to come that's here, so funny. why pay?" I've actually thought that before. There's a lot. Yeah, when I used to when I was like in Atlanta, it was like, uh, "I'm not going to go see that guy. Like he's going to be at the midnight relapse show or whatever." Right, exactly. And then the headliner always goes. No reason to pay the twenty five dollars over there. He's going to come and I'll get to talk to him. Here's the thing. Now, most of these clubs, m- most of like the comedy clubs aren't, it- it's like, it's a different audience. It's a, uh, you know, sure. it's, it's it- a comedy club audience is a little different than the little cool indie bar club. So uh, I don't feel, I whatever, I don't feel like I was stepping on anybody's toes or, or, I'm not selling tickets. I don't know. Well, my demographic is Groupon. I'm not, I'm not, like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not taking anything away from the club. I know that. All right. But you had a good time. Yeah. I and just, you've been to DC before because you used to be a New York guy. I, well, yeah, and that's why I know a bunch of comedians down there is because um, there's a, a lot of them are back and f- there's a, there's a there's a little group that's back and forth from uh, DC. See, I don't hit I don't even try to hit a lot of the East Coast clubs because I just kind of feel like okay, that is that's New York territory. Really? Right? Don't you feel that way? Um, don't you? Ca- no, because I'm I'm doing East Coast clubs all the time. I, I I'll tell you, it's much easier when you're in New York to get down to those clubs. Like when I was in New York, uh, Philly and New York and Rhode Island and Boston and all those cities were way easier to get to. But like they book, I mean, they they book me. Yeah, but that's why I'm always just it's like, a, you know what? Let me stay over here. I'm just gonna do. I'm gonna do California. I'm gonna do Arizona. I'm gonna do uh, Washington, Oregon. I'm from the East Coast. See, I'm an East Coast boy. What, and I uh, feel like you know what's funny. By the way, let me just get outside of this what we're doing right now, and you don't have to like. Uh, I've never been so in my head during a podcast because, like, we're literally outside 
at what is it, at ten thirty at night, and we're like at a, we're basically sitting outside a playground with no lights on in a park like parking lot, <laughs> and there's just people walking. I'm like, a we're gonna get. looking guy just definitely walked that whole time you were talking. Yeah. About and I see you <laughs> looking at Coast, him. There was a guy walking past with like long stringy hair, and I could tell you kind of tensed up in the shoulders, and I was like, I'm half paying attention to what I'm saying, and the other <laughs> half is like, how much are these microphones worth, and is someone gonna hurt us? Here's for the them? thing: is somebody might walk past and think these microphones are worth a lot. They're actually not worth very much at all. They're Behringer brand. Behringer brand. I know from guitar, I'm a big guitar guy. I know from guitar equipment, Behringer is not the expensive brand. No, these are, but they sound good, but they're like, I don't know, $20 a piece. Sure, okay. Don't say that so loudly. <laughs> Somebody be like, I need $40. <laughs> 40 bucks, 40 bucks is, it can be life changing for a, a person who lives at the park. Somebody that has no dollars. <laughs> yeah, has no dollars and lives at a park with. When the lights go out. I love how you kind of got quiet, too. You were talking loud, and then you were like, and then a, a, a person with no dollars who lives at the park. It's a little scary This is the weirdest place I've done my podcast. Yeah, I, I will say that. After a loss, too. Hmm. It hurt. It hurt, but we were without two of our best players. Yeah, and, and I'm the, the third best. You're the third best, and uh, and tonight I was asked to never come back again. <laughs> Oh no, yeah, but they say that when you're not around all the time. But the um, uh, the thing about the East Coast shows uh, for me is I've started to ask, and nobody's ever said no yet. Uh, my key to doing the East Coast shows is just uh, ask if I can fly in the night before and get an extra night at the hotel, and they always say yes, which is great. Because um, my only problem with the East Coast shows uh, clubs coming from California, especially when you start on a Friday night and you're supposed to do two shows, is you get like a six a.m. flight. You get there at like. 6 or 7 p.m., yeah, go yeah. straight to the club, and you have Any to do two delay shows. delay, and you're screwed. You're screwed, and even if you make it on time, you are ex- exhausted. So so they always say yes. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, I just I kind of worked up the balls in the last year to be like, just to whenever I get a booking to go, um, whether it's directly through me or through an agent, and go, can I go in a day before? It's a lot to get there, and uh, no one's ever said no. I think that's actually pretty normal. That's nice. And what percentage are comedy condos? So those of you, I haven't done a comedy. I don't do comedy condo. You will refuse a condo. Yeah, I won't do a condo uh, because. Well, so no, when they say we've got a beautiful condo for you, no it's right ever, downtown. I don't know what it is. I think my little my 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 little people my little people my team of little people. Uh, <laughs> no, my my little team. My uh, I I always have a very nice contract. Your team, your agent, the, my agents, your manager has a. But every time I see my contract, it says I have to have a hotel of a certain caliber. And I'm not. I, we, we both know how not famous I am. Uh, but uh, we have a nice. I always have a nice deal. It's always a hotel of a certain caliber, which, you know, nothing like crazy, but it's usually a nice hotel. And um, every now and again, I, I've stayed at two condos ever. One was beautiful it was the it was right. the the, was the comedy works in denver oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like people apparently have like been like i don't want to stay in a hotel give me that condo it's beautiful and they keep it crazy clean and it's great they're changing I, it right now i was really? supposed to go in oh, april and then they're like hey we should just move to july because we're like shifting our condo right now oh well they're probably doing a good thing <laughs> I, 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 they're plating they're, it with gold yeah 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 uh they're great um and then the other one i believe Maybe you told me. Someone told me recently it got like condemned. The whole building did. It was the, the River Center one in uh, uh, Houston. Oh, I never was there. Uh, San Antonio. In San Antonio. Yeah. What was that? The LOL Club. Uh, the LOL. They put you. I, I've never done that one, but I heard they put you in a hotel and it's fine. Okay. The River Center one is the one like near the Riverwalk and stuff. And um, I mean, it was 
I wa- this is the only, and I believe the club is shut down now. This is the only club I've ever publicly talked shit about because <laughs> I've never been treated so poorly at a comedy club in doing? my life. I got there and, um, uh, first of all, I got off, you know, I took a cab from the plate, from the airport to the club and I immediately it was one of those ones that's like on the top floor of a mall across the street from a movie theater where you, every time you're at the club and you're like, are people coming? And you just watch people go up the escalator and go right into the movie theater and they never come <laughs> into the club. just entering H&M yeah. and you're yeah. like, Dang, <laughs> damn it, I can't compete with reasonably priced clothing. And, um, uh, they, so they gave me the keys and I walked over to the condo. And it was like you walk in. It looked like you know those like old like fifties detective shows where like the 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 damsel in distress walks in and it's black and white and it's like one of those doors with like almost like frosted glass on the top with like some privatized okay. name across yeah. it. You like open that up and you walk in and the kitchen is first and there's just all these like uh, roach sprays and uh, stuff like on the counter and you see them but then you also see like roaches scattering as soon as you turn on the lights and then you walk into the living room and everything's like brown corduroy furniture and brown carpet it's all dusty and everything has like you know some weird dusty covers over it and then uh as soon as i and then as soon as i like started walking but there's a hallway with two bedrooms i walk into the hallway and there's like as soon as i see the first bedroom the door's closed uh and uh, the door, uh, a door just opens up. A girl, yep, there's half always naked somebody girl, there. Yeah, half <laughs> half naked girl runs out, goes into the bathroom, and slams the door. And she leaves leaves the door open to the bedroom. And okay. a guy is just like sitting on the bed. And he's like, "Sorry, man, I'll be out of here in a few hours." And it was a, it was a it was feature from the week before. It was a feature from yeah, the, still the, there. There's always a feature yeah. from the week before. Yeah. a holdover. Dude, he's still there. And uh, so he's like talking to me, asking me who my agent is and if I could recommend him. And I'm like, "What is happening right now?" <laughs> and uh, so. I, I did one in uh, Gainesville. It was it was attached to, let's see, where was I? I was doing a club in Fort Myers, and the night before they had me going to Gainesville to do a one-nighter at like a piano bar. Oh, love a little and run. And I showed up. There's a guy there. There's another guy there. What's up, man? <laughs> he comes out in a towel. I'm like, oh, no hey, one kicks him out. They just hang out. I know like, there was another dude go? there. The the curtains were put up with forks, like just forks <laughs> jammed in between the wall and like the. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds very Florida. I flew from Los Angeles into Tampa, rented the car, drove up to Gainesville, and I opted not to shower because the shower was so gross. Dude, sh- I slept yeah. like in my hoodie on top of the covers, and then drove to Fort Myers. As soon as I got to my hotel, I just like torched my clothes that's why i don't stay in condos this is similar like so after so after that i go check out the other bedroom and um i go in and i mean it's just the comforter has visible i mean you don't even have to walk all the way into the room to see the stains on it and you're like "Uh uh-uh i walked out the girl got out of the bathroom i go i have to go pee i walk in the toilet is completely clogged (laughs) and i'm like okay and uh, she did it i don't know if she did it or not she she was the last one in. yeah she was the last one there uh the bathtub has i'm saying three inches of soil like dirt like soil you would like plant Ah. stuff in. you're like what even is that so there's no showering or using that bathroom and um the guy eventually left and i called my agent and i was like dude i I can't stay here it's disgusting and he's like let me call they called the booker and they were like they're not budging man i I don't know what to tell you and i was like i can't stay here so i got uh i I just looked for the cheapest hotel i could find i found some like holiday inn for like uh, or days in. I'm sorry. Days I was gonna in. say holiday. Holiday is not bad. bad. Days. In. Holiday is not bad. Days in. <laughs> days. Every day feels like, like thirty eight bucks a night or something. Yeah. I go to that hotel. My my first show was until the next day. Go to that hotel. Uh, it's like, it's late. It's like twelve thirty and whatever. At this You'd point. already done a show. No, no, no it wasn't in. a show. It wasn't a show that night. Uh, but I. Uh, 
I was waiting. I think I ended up walking around a lot that day waiting for my agent to get in touch. Whatever. It took forever right, to get right. in touch. But by the time I decided to get a hotel, by the way, this, this comedy club paid, uh, I'll just tell you how much it was. It was a low headlining weekend. It was like $1,500, uh-huh. um, no travel money. Kay. And I got it. It was like a dropout weekend, so I got it last minute, and so my flight was eight hundred dollars. So I was coming out Ooh, ahead seven hundred dollars. Yeah, I'm coming out ahead seven hundred dollars for the weekend, and um, uh, so I get this forty dollar hotel, and I'm like, I guess I'll just stay here. Uh, as soon as I got in, I I lived in New York and have experienced bed bugs, so I immediately lift up the mm-hmm. the bed uh, the sheets to look under, and it's just it's just covered in uh, bed bug eggs, and I see really? like two dead bugs, and I'm like. Okay, so it's too late to get a new hotel. I put my bags no. in the bathtub, no. and I slept uh, in, in all my car. I know I slept. I did. I didn't have a car. I drove. I didn't have a car. I flew. Well, you in. rent a car. <laughs> That's your hotel. I slept at the desk, sitting up in the chair. Yeah. Next morning, found a hotel for like a hundred bucks a night for the next five nights or however long I was there. The Crockett Hotel in San Antonio. David Shout Crockett. out. And it was God. really not. I loved it. I loved it. It was a hundred dollars a night, so I'm down to like breaking even, just full on yeah, breaking yeah, for the weekend. But, but avoiding bed bugs yeah. and herpes. That's yes. That second day though is uh there's a happy ending. The uh Ooh. uh <laughs> oh boy. Uh <laughs> that second day in the hotel my agents uh and man I had my agent and manager on the phone. Uh whenever they call me at this whenever I get like an assistant who goes, "We have your agents and manager at the same time." At the same time? It's usually That's good a, news. Oh, that really? Yeah. And um That's why I've, I'm actually surprised cuz I've They told me that a joke. Call. They actually fooled me first. They were like, so everyone's on the phone and uh my agent goes, "So we we uh we put our we pulled our points together and we got you a hotel." And I was like, <laughs> "What?" I was like, "You all got on the phone to tell me that?" And he goes, "Nah, we're just kidding." And I was like, "Well, that's mean." He goes, "Yeah, but you got a half hour." And I was like, "What?" And it's when oh. I found out it's when I found out I got the Comedy Central half hour. And so Look I found So Literally, I went from most miserable weekend ever to could not be happier. I went downstairs and found a cigar shop, <laughs> bought a cigar, and sat outside <laughs> the Alamo outside the, and smoked a cigar. Outside and the Alamo. I'll tell you, uh, this is like a 400-seat comedy club, uh-huh. and I don't think more than 15 people came to a show all weekend, yeah. and I could not have been happier. I was having, I was eating tacos on the Riverwalk and- uh, Celebrating. Yeah, just celebrating. How, now, let me ask you this. I got two questions. One- are you a cigar guy? Like that's an enjoyable uh, thing. I do like a cigar, and I went through a I went through a pretty heavy cigar phase. I After have a little, that or before that or what? Uh, it was before. It was like I was like right in the middle of it at I that point. I can't do cigars. Really? I went I through. Can't. A big, they make uh, me dizzy, and I like get like a quarter of the way through it, and I'm like, I don't feel good. You at have all. to. Um. Uh. Yeah. I. I was getting like that too. I had to learn. I was. I had to take more mild cigars at first, and um. I had to learn. I had to start. I had to start smoking them on a full stomach, and then I learned <laughs> the trick where uh, you get light. Headed uh, a sugary thing is good. So like, have like a a soda a handy or a Jolly Rancher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that would that really helps a lot. Really? Yeah, I had a cigar. So hey, so I didn't like it enough to. I yeah. I would rather just have an unlit cigar and sit there and like posture with it. That's what I like to do. Just fine. Pontificate. With I honestly unlit, just enjoyed whatever. having it. I wasn't like I wasn't like all in it for the nicotine buzz. Like I sure. just I just enjoyed the. Just felt like a moment, and it was a routine kind of a. Uh, yeah, it was a nice thing. So you get that call. You you got the half hour. Congrats, buddy. Everybody's high fiving you on the phone. Yeah. How far out did you have before you were recording that? Uh, probably a couple months. I probably had two months. I probably had a month. Months? I probably now, had a month that or two. change what you did on stage then that week? Well, I had were already. Like, Let me go ahead and rerun this. Yeah, I was probably running it. I probably I probably was running the half hour and then doing a few extra things because I had to sure. do a, a longer set. But um. 
Yeah, I was probably running it, and I was probably bombing. I was, I was probably not bombing. You can't well, say fifteen you, people. You, you in never a say you're bombing. Yeah, room. Never consider bombing when it, I, I never call it bombing when it's fifteen people. But I was probably like having Surviving. a no energy crowd. Yeah, and I was probably just running it and being like, uh, I don't. Well, I don't. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> and I was probably being loose and doing crowd work. I don't know. I was. Probably, I think I was just. I was just. I was just flying high. The cigar thing. How did I get into cigars? Because you're not a cigarette guy. I, I remember exactly how I got. No, I'm not. I remember exactly how I got into cigars. Okay. I've gotten into a lot of things because of <laughs> TV shit. Like, just like, oh, because when I would tour, whenever I go on the road, I'll have like, you know, most of the time I'm in a relationship and I stay out of trouble on the road by just not going out and drinking and going back to my room and binging on TV shows. Right. And that's that the best one, thing to do. The cigars was specifically, uh, I, was, I was watching The Sopranos. Does Tony smoke a cigar? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There so was, that, yeah. Yeah. And I think he got like Cuban cigars in some episode and I was like, that looks awesome. I was also going through a big uh uh like prosciutto and like I was like uh, I I I'm Eating not gonna, a lot of I'm big not, I'm not saying gabagool. That is that I don't it doesn't sound right coming out of my mouth, but I was like, Oh, I like some good Italian meats a in a sausages. cigar. Sausages. Yeah. So I was going through that. When I was watching the wire, I was drinking a lot of Jameson. I got really into American Chopper, and I bought a motorcycle. Like I get, I'm really. You bought a motorcycle <laughs> yeah. based on a television show. I get really influenced by TV shows. When when my wife and I would watch Mad Men, I'd sit there and I'd drink scotch all night. It feels right to do that. When you watch The Big Lebowski, it's fun to smoke a joint and drink a White Russian. When you watch White uh, Russian, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, when we were watching, uh, when we were having, um. When we watched Game of Thrones, oh my God, there was like we watch Game of Thrones. I kill my daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. When we watch Game of Thrones, like we'll do sausages or like uh, when I used to live in Brooklyn, there was like a big street fair and there was literally turkey legs they were selling like outside my apartment. So me and my girlfriend at the time were drinking wine out of goblets and those big ass Tyrion just yeah pounding wine. You're like, okay, I'm in. Yeah, it's really fun to drink wine and eat like meat and Game of Thronesy food. Are you a big Game of Thrones guy? Yeah. Yeah. Big time. So Sunday. I'm excited. Did you read the books? No. No. I read most of the books. Did you? I did. I, I yeah. I, I was. I didn't get into it that much. Let me say, I I enjoy the series, and I'm gonna watch this Sunday. I've got a show Sunday, but we'll catch up. Let me. Are there not? There are not books for this upcoming season, though, so right? So they. Some parts they're ahead of it, and some parts they're behind it. Okay. And some parts they just completely diverged. Interesting. Uh, but. There was one part that was not in the book, at least as far as I read. And I'm on the last book, about halfway through the last book. Uh, when the dude burns his daughter at the stake, I was yeah. like, you know what? I don't want to watch this crap. That and was I, not I gave fun up to for watch. A few weeks. I gave up. I was like, I don't like this. Well, it's what I. It's what's interesting about Game of Thrones. It's not like I enjoy that. Obviously, there's like brutal rape scenes, and like a lot of people are really turned off by that. Um, yeah. Uh, of course. I mean, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not being <laughs> you know, like some people are, are they, weird about not, it. No, I know some people are being all uptight about the. No, of course. But like, one thing about Game of Thrones is it it goes so hard that I don't see where it's going, and it really does. Right. It, the show affects me. Like it's power. It's a powerful show. Yeah. I enjoy it for that degree. I'm not. It I, affects you, but then does it kill a little bit of you? Are you deadened to some of that stuff? Like the next mm-hmm. time a guy's head pops. Are you going to be like, well, eh, you know, what's the big deal? They did it on it Game of really Thrones. Do, it really does. Uh, yeah, I guess it does do that. Right? It is. And so like, we're all eh. just getting desensitized until eventually it'll be like you ever these said, 3D uh, goggles and there'll be somebody there punching us on Rocky <laughs> 7. <laughs> you ever said to a person, I've seen some shit, and they go, really? And you go, nah, I just watched Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, I, I, they're going to have to one-up themselves, and they've already done that way too many times that I feel like I'm going to be sickened. 
by this upcoming season. But, but I do have a prediction that I'm not saying to anybody because I don't want to spoil it. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I, I, a prediction that comes true kind of turns into a spoiler. But because well, here's or the thing, or is or the just book. gets it in your head. It's in oh. the book, and I feel like I feel like I've seen a poster that suggested it. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, they haven't touched on that at all. That's going to come out of left field. <laughs> a guy just went past us on a lime scooter, which are big in Los Angeles. Is that scary or not scary? Not scary. Was that one scary to you? I he don't came know. in hot. He did. He's going. This is scary how fast he's going. Yeah. I am a little self conscious about what we're doing because it does feel like some part of show business, which my podcast has never felt to me like a part of show business. But all of a sudden, people are walking by, they watch us talking into mics, and they're like, oh, who do these two chotel heads think they are? <laughs> I don't even know what a chotel head is. Chotel head. <laughs> chortle head. Chortle? What's a chortle? It's like a cough? No, chortle is laughing. But like a hole in the throat, Yeah, right? it's like a... Dude, there are so many words for laughing that I dislike. You know how Eskimos have 30 words for snow? Sure. I feel like there's 30 words Comedians for laughing, and 28 words. of them I don't like. Yeah, <laughs> and most of them are the name you know of the comedy club. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Chuckles or Chucklehead or whatever. You know which one I hate the most? Here's my least favorite word for laughing. Let's okay. see if you can guess it. Oh, you want me to guess yeah, it? Yeah, let's see if you can guess it. Okay, your least favorite... Word, word for laughing. For laughing. Sneer? No, I don't. I don't think. Oh, sneer! Sneer to me adds like an element of uh, uh, mischievousness. S- yeah, maybe mis- mis- mischief, mischievous, mischievous. I see. Now I'm saying words. I'm not. I'm sure gonna tell about. you what it is. Guffaw. Guffaw. Oh, I hate it. Where do we see guffaw? I've seen Calvin Hobbes do a guffaw a lot. Oh, maybe. Yeah, guffaw yeah. Guffaw's not good. When oh do you hear God. guffaw? What's what's a good name for a com? What's a name for a comedy club that can incorporate guffaw? The guffaw gorner. You can bad. do better than that. Guffaw uh, gallery. Yep. Yep. Guffaw gallery. Ugh. The uh, the return of guffaw. Guffaw is no good. No, it's no but good. But very very few times Shortle. are people guffawing. Chuckle hut. The Chuckle Hut. Is the Chuckle Hut a real, a real thing, comedy club? You know, it, I think it's just the. I'll standard. perform there. I won't. I, the play might be a wonderful place. I don't right. know. I think it's just the standard. Like this is what I'm saying when I'm talking about a goofy named comedy sure. club. I'm not even sure there is a Chuckle Hut. Yeah, I, I wonder if I think it might just be like a a fictional one that everybody uses. But if there is a Chuckle Hut, I'll happily go there. The one that I use, I know it's a real one, and I've never been there, and I've actually heard people having a really great time there. But the go-to silly name one I always hear people say is Magoobies. Magoobies. I think it's just the one that makes Where people is laugh. That? Is that in Carolina? I don't know. I actually Magoobies, don't know. Magoobies. My yeah. favorite comedy club, I think you've been there before too. My my favorite comedy club that has a silly name and they own up to their silly name is, is Rooster Tea Feathers. Rooster Tea Feathers. And it's a great club. I love that club. And I've been there several times. I can't tell you why it's called that. I don't know either. But that is the uh, location of the first ever Cause, Because game. they get you to clock, clock, clock. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I don't know. hell on fire. <laughs> no, I like Heather I up like, there. I don't know. Oh yeah, me too. It's a weird shaped club. Sure. And but if you go there when it's nice out, the green room is just kind of an outdoor patio and I really like it. And it's California, so you can go smoke weed out there. That's true. After the show. Well, I don't smoke, so You don't? No. Nope. Oh. I never got into cigarettes. I've tried two cigars in my life and just in the last 2 years and I didn't like either one of them. Interesting. So I just I'll I tell feel you. like if I smoked weed, I would only smoke weed. Like, that's all I would do. Uh, yeah. I have I, an addictive personality. I, I got back from D.C. today, and it's not like I couldn't get weed in D.C., but when I go on the road, I kind of take it. It's weird. I actually kind of go 
my I smoke weed almost every night before I go to bed or, or kind of when I'm I'm chilling out. But um, when I go on the road, if I don't I don't bring weed with me, and if I'm not really hanging out with people partying after the show, I just won't smoke weed. So today's the first time I'm gonna smoke weed in like five days, and I'm real excited because I'm gonna get like You're excited. About I'm gonna it. get like high school high. <laughs> See, I'm a drinker. I'll drink. I'm not a big drinker I anymore. Uh, I switched when I moved from New York to L.A. I switched almost entirely to weed. Right. Yeah. Because is it even legal in New York yet? No, but nobody cares. Nobody cares. No, you can get it, but they, you can't like get the edibles or something, whatever. You know what? I, uh, well, people had them occasionally, but yeah, I very rarely had edibles in New York. I don't do edibles too often here, though. Um, I just like the pre-rolled joints. My fantasy: I was like, when weed gets legal, I just always wanted to buy a pack of joints. And you can do that now. And I you lo- can buy a pack of like a pack of cigarettes. Only it's a pack of. Joints? Yep, I buy this brand called. How much would that cost? I buy this brand called uh, Lowell Farms, and um, it's a pa- it's like this cardboard box that you can get them in either seven or fourteen joints, and it has a little match book like built into it. So it comes with matches. You can strike them on the side. <laughs> seven joints is I don't know like thirty five bucks, and uh, fourteen is a little you know almost a little less than. Now double let that. me ask you a naive question. Sure. If you if you buy one of those and you take out a joint, are you smoking that entire joint in like five minutes, or are you I'm, smoking a little bit and putting it out? Or are you sharing it with somebody? How does well that specific brand? What's the serving? That side? specific brand, I will smoke about half a joint, and then put that's out, good for me for the night. And I'll and put it save out. It. Yeah, and the, yeah, the next half the next day. Obviously, you don't do that with a cigarette, but like a joint, you can do that. Or uh, if I'm smoking with a bunch of people, one joint will be uh, good for a, a little group of people. But if I'm, if I'm smoking by myself or me and my girlfriend or something, about half of a, a little less. You don't even need a, like less than half of, of one of those joints. And they're, I think they're about a gram each of weed in those. But there's another brand that I've been smoking called like I think it's called Candescent or Incandescent or something. And it's <laughs> the strongest weed. One pre-rolled joint is like $20. But... One hit and I'm on my ass. I like assume one there's hit something that tells you like how potent things yeah. are, so you know like a THC what you're doing. Content or something. I don't. Know. But one hit of that, and part of me is like twenty bucks. Back. Some of that's like twenty bucks or fifteen bucks for a joint or seven bucks for a joint. I kind of equate it to like that's what it's about. What a bottle of wine costs. Okay. And it's it's good for me for What's the whole What's the night. feeling difference between you, you drink two glasses of wine or you smoke half a joint? What's the difference in how you feel? Well, drunk and high are totally different Well, feelings. that's what I'm asking because I've never been high. So what does that feel You've feeling? never been high. I, Explaining I've told you I never smoked anything. Well, that's interesting to uh, explain high to somebody who's never been high before. I feel like it would be similar dr- drunk, no? Uh, no, it's... Uh, the Dehydrated? Dr- drunk is like a lowering of inhibitions and a goofiness... And uh, whatever, and uh, and, and you're I, a little lightheaded, a little bit. Yeah, and weed to me is a completely different plane of consciousness. It's, it's, it's like a different plane. Wait, like, like I've heard that about like mushrooms and stuff. Well, here's the so mushrooms is supposed to be mushrooms has been described to me, and I've, I, I I'm embarrassed to say I've never done mushrooms because I've always wanted to. Do Why mushrooms. would you be embarrassed? I don't know because I feel like I just it's a weird thing to be embarrassed about like not having done an illegal drug. I feel like. And that's the thing. I'm not judging you for not smoking weed. I'm just, I'm surprised. It's like, why wouldn't you want to experience that? I'm like, and I've wanted to experience mushrooms. I've just never, I've just never done it. I knew um, a guy in college and I think I, I don't know that this pushed me over, but I knew a guy in college that took drugs and he was a completely different person. Like 
even when he wasn't on the drugs, he like something inside of him snapped and he lost his mind. You're worried about getting like perma stoned, like hit it like it, it like you can't get back. Something happens, it opens up, and then I'm a different guy, and I'm not funny anymore, and I can't be there for my kid. You know, whatever it is. Hey, oh, this especially dude with snapped. kids like, too. He was cool with everybody, yeah. and we'd hang out, and then he did something. And was it, it freaking, weed though? It broke him. I don't know what it was, but it broke him. Because weed is just weed's not going to break. And eventually, you. he just got kicked out of school. He was picking fights with everybody. It just it turned something sideways in his brain i i like, i that I, scared the hell out of i me. understand that fear with some like psycho like like you know something like acid or like mushrooms what's that, or, uh, comics name that's doing all the drugs and he did a show about it. shane moss shane moss yeah the psychedelic that show. would be terrified to be him well he's, he's doing stepping all real mind-altering drugs weed is uh, technically and a hallucinogen, a hallucinogen or whatever. But like for me, this is so like okay. Let's let's think of it. When I'm drinking, say I'm drinking, sure, and I'm listening to music. Uh-huh. Uh Drinking is gonna make. Uh, it's just I'm a little sloppier. I'm a little uh, less inhibited. Inhibited. I might kind of rock out a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't be like yeah, yeah. When I'm smoking weed, uh, I might chill out a little more. And I will, when I'm listening to it, this is one thing that weed does when I listen to music. I don't know if this is with everybody. When I listen to music, when I smoke weed, uh, every instrument feels like, if every instrument is in the middle, when you're like in the middle, uh, when you're regular, uh, in a regular state of mind, uh, when I'm high, they all almost separate out where I can hear, I can hear each individual cymbal, each individual drum. Uh, I can hear the chords that are being played. I can uh-huh. hear I can hear the bass over all at here. The same time. I hear yeah, I hear it at the same time, but I hear them all separate. I can hear like I feel like I'm more in tune with everything that's happening. Now you play um, the guitar and you've been in bands. You're a musically inclined oh, guy. Does I, it ha- do, sure? Have I, you heard other people that aren't so musically inclined? My band used describe to, that when I play guitar. I have played I played guitar drunk out of my mind, and I played guitar high out of my mind. When I play guitar drunk, it's just a slop fest. Sure, I'm basically. It's basically like fingers are missing. My fingers are trying to go through the motions, yeah. and I can fake my way through it. But it sounds sloppy, whatever. When I play high, uh, I I feel like me and the fretboard become one thing. <laughs> I have my the first uh, album that my my the the band that I took the most seriously recorded. We recorded high. We, re, we the recording studio we recorded that they grew weed at the studio, and we were like, let's just do it. They're our friends. They're not. We're not. We're you know, if, if this doesn't work out, tomorrow's a new day, and we'll record sober. But um, I remember recording and never feeling so at one with my guitar, mm-hmm. like locked in. I was looking at my fingers playing the guitar, and everything was on autopilot. Yeah. Imagine playing. Uh, imagine throwing a football around drunk. Kind of how sloppy sure, it would yeah. be, right? When I was on the, I used to open for uh, Bo Burnham, and we would uh, sometimes we would pl- would do these colleges, uh, and we'd be and the tour bus wouldn't. We would be done in the show by ten o'clock, and the tour bus would leave at two in the morning, and sure. we would just be like on this college campus with nothing around, everything closed for like three or four hours. Right, right. And so he had a light and sound crew, so we had like six people, and we would bring football, and sometimes we would just play like tag football on a quad until we had to leave. And we would smoke weed on the bus. A lot of us would smoke weed on the bus uh, before we took off. Was this Make Happy Tour? Was that the one? Uh, I did the last couple tours with him, but the Make Happy Tour. This is, this okay. is yeah, I did the Make Happy Tour with him. Um, uh, so one time, uh, we I was smoking weed on the bus with some of the guys, and Bo was like, let's go outside and throw the football around. And I was like, I can't. I'm so, I'm like high. I'm way too high to throw yeah, a football yeah. around. And he goes, dude, trust me, uh, 
I do this all the time. Your, your muscle memory will completely come back to you. And I was like, I don't know. I've, I've, I had never, I had never played. I've never <laughs> done a sport high before. I was like, whatever. I went outside. He was like, run. I started running. I was like, I never ran high before. I was like running in the grass and like the wind in my face, like felt, it was just like amazing. It felt so good. And I turned yeah. around and the ball's coming at me and I just went like, boom. I just like, like, it was like in my arms. I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think about it. It was like, <laughs> I was just like, wow. And I turned around and I just, without even thinking through, I've never, I've never been able to throw a perfect spiral in my life. I can't, I can throw a football fine, but I can't throw like this perfect. I threw the most perfect spiral bomb I'd ever thrown in my life. I just locked in with the ball. I don't know what it is about, uh, I don't know what it is about weed, but everything just feels heightened and I feel more okay. in tune with things and I feel connected to things. And some people feel paranoid. I've heard that. Yeah. And described. I, but I think it's a little connected. Like when you're thinking about like, uh, like being more in tune with something right. kind of feels related to being paranoid. Okay. I feel like there's like a, a good and bad version of being really in I tune with something. I felt that when I'm camping. Sometimes when there's a campfire sure. going, then all of a sudden I just will feel. So say... I just feel like there's a good and bad version of being in tune. Say you're say you're looking at the campfire and you're just super in tune with it, and you're like, "Wow, fire's amazing!" Like, I can't even believe that, yeah, that man can like control fire, and oh, I can hear the crackling and I can see the stick burning. Or the other side of being in tune with it is, "Fuck, this thing could destroy my whole family." You know, you can you can think too far into it. Someone who hates camping. Yeah. But okay. the same thing with being drunk. You can be like, oh, my, my inhibitions are lowered and I feel like dancing. Or you can be like, oh, my inhibitions are lowered. I feel like hitting my wife. Like, there's just two, there's a Jeez. good and a bad side. <laughs> One of, of those is really bad. Things. Yeah. So sometimes I have the bad weed trips, like one at one out of twenty times, but most of the time I just feel really in tune and relaxed and like. Oh, so occasionally you do things. get the bad high. And yeah. is that before it was regulated? Like now that it's regulated, is that less frequent? No, no, like no. I, it's I don't it's just think, your state of mind. Going yeah, in. it's just your state of mind going in. Okay, got and I and some people are really into like, well, indica makes me feel like this, and sativa makes me feel like this, and this strain makes me feel like this. And I'll tell you, the truth, I don't. Um, ve- every now and again, I've been like, what's this? This one makes me want to write, and they'll be like, this one's called create, and I'll be like, that's kind of on the nose. But but uh, for the most part, ninety nine percent of the time. Uh, it's more about the state of mind I'm in before I smoke. Or, or do you write when you're high? Sometimes uh, I, I uh, literally what I just told you actually happened. Very rarely do I write, but there's a there's one strain of weed that my girlfriend got, and uh, we smoked, and I didn't know what it was called. And all of a sudden, I just had all these ideas, and I was like, I'm sorry, I know I don't normally do this. I have to go write some ideas down real quick. I was How'd like, those turn out? And great, they were really good ideas. Really good. Yeah, and I was like. Uh, I was like, uh, what's that weed called? And she goes, create. And I was like, that is so on the nose. That is so insanely It'll on the nose. It'll never happen that way again. Yeah, no. Because most of the time you smoke something called like whatever, and uh, it doesn't do the thing it says it's going to do. But Just got a couple minutes left. Sure. Uh, there are a couple things I want to know, so we can just touch on them really quickly. You have done the David Letterman program. Yes. Did you meet Dave? I, I only met him on camera. Really, uh, you didn't see him beforehand. No, and I just did James Corden. Yeah, and it was he came in the green room and joked around with me ahead of time and thanked me for it. Was like it was the the Letterman Letterman obviously is the the right. greatest comedy experience I'm ever going to have in my life. It's the comedy <laughs> mountaintop. You're uh, so old. And it, I mean, it's just it's all downhill. It's just it's I, it, it's, it's huge. It's huge. That I, is know, a huge I'm sure deal. I'll put out. I've I've even put out other material that I'm more proud of. But as far as like just the being in that getting to do that is a is a milestone that is hard just, to top it, yeah it's a great it's, it's an it's a comedy milestone i won't top but um the vibe from letterman to like the more modern one corden was just like 
Letterman was a little more sterile. It was like a tiny little green room, and he doesn't, you know, you don't meet him, and you're wearing a suit, and it, you, it's a f- freezing cold studio and stuff. And then Corden was like, "There's a bar. It like there's like there's right. like all the green rumors in the same place, and there's a bar, and you know people are partying, and everyone's a lot more casual. It was like it was a lot more fun and relaxed. But um, but Letterman it, it, was also uh, done other things since then. Letterman, it, yeah. it was pretty early. You hadn't done your half hour yet. I don't think I had done my half hour you, yet. No, and you hadn't done other late night. This was your first big. It was my shot. first late night. So, I had done. Uh, I had done the like, John Oliver okay. thing on Comedy Central. So gotcha. I had done one other TV spot before. So you that. met him on camera just as you were finished. He came yep. over, shook your hand, and that's it. Yeah, there was no like. Yep. Let's go out and get a steak. Absolutely not. We had a fun. <laughs> no, but it was very pleasant. Everybody there was very nice. It was very pleasant on camera. Uh-huh. And then, uh, you know, and we had a little, he, he came and stood next to me and, you know, give it up for Adam Newman, whatever. He made a little joke. I made a little joke. And then uh, we shook hands. And then uh, uh, the cameras were off. And, like, someone just kind of grabbed me and pulled me off. And he went the other hey, way. don't bother Dave now. And, uh, yeah, and it was crazy. <laughs> and, um, uh I was about to leave. I, whatever. I had some friends there. They came up into my dressing room. Adam Conover actually was one of is one of my uh-huh. best friends. He was there uh, with me, um, and uh, uh, yeah, it was amazing. They gave me my cue cards. It was so cool. And um, when uh, they they drove me home in some like nice car, and uh, on the way back, the booker sent me like a text or an email. Literally, while I was in the car on the way back, that goes word from upstairs is uh, Dave loved you and said. Uh, he goes, I like the I like the baby faced kid. <laughs> and I was like, All right. That's and pretty cool. That's my whole Letterman experience. And I'm actually grateful, kind of, that that's all it was. It would have been nice to have an extra maybe one on one behind the thing. But like the fact that the entire experience was all nice and positive yeah. and uh and you did left well. me wanting more is yep. fine because I that's a guy I've idolized him and I just I do, could not handle having a bad experience. That's with really him. cool. So. Re- and and him saying the baby-faced kid. That sounds like something he could have said. Like, had the text come back yeah. and said, "And Dave said you did a good job." I you could he, be like, "Well, that could have that that could be a lie." But the baby-faced yeah. kid. That feels like it it's really too specific for them to down, have lied, yeah. right? And um, I think even I think I was thirty or thirty-one when I did it, and uh, he called me a kid a couple times, and I was like, "This is great." I don't know. I just liked it. Yeah. It just felt like felt like my comedy dad or something. I don't know. Very cool. Uh, well, Adam, thanks for doing this. What? Of course. Let's let's plug something you've got coming up, so that people can go see you live or see something you're in. Sure. Uh, my special fuzzies is streaming on Amazon Prime. If you have that, F U Z Z I E S. Yes, and actually, uh, once a week or twice a week, I'm going to be posting. Uh, stand-up clips like crazy on my Instagram for the next few months. I just have a bunch that I I made kind of meme style. Too, so yeah. yeah, tons of tons of uh, tons of new stand-up stuff that uh, old stuff and new stuff on uh, my Instagram, which is Adam D Newman. And at the end of May, I am recording my next album at Comedy on State in Madison. So cool. I'm on the road a bit for the next few months. When so are you doing that in Madison? Uh, it's the end of it's the end of May. Okay. And I know we're on the podcast right now. I don't know if you're going to be around there. Uh, and I know you headline in your own right, but I don't have a feature. And if you are happen to be around there, it would be fun to do a weekend together. In May, I'll check my schedule. It's a great club. That'd be fun. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. <laughs>